Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 said, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. Just briefly this evening, I see the clock is moving on, and I've been reminded again that 15 minutes is a good time frame. So uh, we'll try to limit to 15 tonight. But as I read that, as I think about that, he had this testimony that he pleased God. If you've opened your Bible to that passage, you probably see who he's referring to. The writer here, under the anointing of God, the inspiration of God, is saying that Enoch had this testimony, that God was testifying for Enoch that he pleased God. Now, that raises some questions for me. Was this man simply the best of his day? The culture was bad. The world around was bad. You look in Genesis chapter 6 and it gives us a little bit of a picture of what that was like. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only con- or was only evil continually verse 11 of chapter 6 the the earth also was corrupt before god and the earth was filled with violence and god looked upon the earth and behold it was corrupt For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. So when God testifies about Enoch over here in the book of Hebrews, saying that he pleased God, was he simply saying that he was just the best of his day? That by comparison... Comparison to the, uh, comparing to the horrible debauchery that was around him, that he was a good guy, or is, is the testimony saying that Enoch really pleased God? You see, I think that's a, a question that you and I have to answer in our day. Maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. But it seems as though our culture is pretty bad. Now, if you'd asked me 20 years ago, oh, 20 some years ago when I started pastoring, if I thought the culture was pretty bad, yeah, I would probably have said then that, yes, our, our culture is pretty bad. But we've really uh, gone downhill a lot in the last two decades. We really have. We've gone down a long ways in the last decade. You've heard me say a number of times, and I'll probably keep repeating it because it seems to be a prevalent thing in our culture. It's a very prevalent thing in our day that we live in a, in a culture of deception. It's nothing for people to lie. And sad to say, I, I see it within church realms, within with the Christian body, so to speak. You, know, you can tell a falsehood, it's no big deal. Because we think, about, we think about ourselves and we do things so that it, it benefits us. And, and you know, that's not always called a lie. 
so when we look at Enoch here and it tells us that he pleased God, what does it mean? Was he just the best of his day or was he really pleasing in the sight of God? Now, Enoch didn't have the Bible. He didn't have the Pentateuch. He didn't have the law or he didn't, he didn't have anything to go on. He was really uh, early on in the generations of mankind. I could even uh, step out here a little bit. I believe that Enoch knew Adam, uh, the first Adam. He knew Adam's son, Seth. He was early on in the uh, generations of the, of the scriptures, of the, of the original uh, creation. Let me see here. Um, Enoch was... Um, he, Adam died 57 years, 57 years before Enoch was taken. So there was quite a span of time there that, that Adam and, and Enoch walked the earth together. Seth died 55 years after Enoch was taken. So all of Enoch's time on earth, Seth was there. Enoch was taken 69 years before Noah was born. And it tells us that the culture that Enoch was living in was corrupt. And it tells us in the book of Genesis chapter 6 that it was completely corrupt. If we go to chapter 5 of Genesis... um, you know, sometimes I don't understand, I don't understand people's thinking. I, I, it boggles my mind. But in verse 21 and 22, somebody, somebody grasped from those two verses that Enoch was a, was a uh, man that was occupied with business and, uh, and domestic things. He wasn't a recluse. He, was, uh, he wasn't trying to evade uh, just the average responsibilities of common life. Uh, that's, what, that's what I read. I read that. I mean, that's on paper. Where do you get that? I don't, I, don't, I don't understand how you find that there. I guess it was just something they wanted to preach, and so they wrote it. So, uh, you know, I, I really can't get into a whole lot here. We don't know a whole lot about him Even in the passages of the Old Testament, we really don't know a whole lot about him except that he lived 65 years and begat Methuselah, and then he walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years. And so all the days of of Enoch were 365 years. That's really about all we know about him. Except for that one little phrase there, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. So we find that two different times there, that he walked with God, that there was... There was a companionship with God. And then we jump over to Hebrews and we hear that God is saying about him that he pleased God. We have to understand that he lived in the midst of a wicked generation. 
we could probably paint ourselves a picture that he was a, a white lily growing out of darkened soil. That, that's the contrast. Black soil all around, and he was this white, beautiful, shining lily. What is it that we can notice and take home with us tonight about about this man, Enoch? Something that we can really grasp a hold of that we may not be able to prove in Scripture by the words that are written, just like I'm saying about that guy that was writing in verse 21 and 2 about being involved with business and not trying to hide away and all that stuff. You know, whew, I struggle to find that. So what is it that we can take away from this that really, that really is founded on, on some kind of a principle or some kind of a solid foundation out of God's word? Now, I already said it, but let me say it again. Enoch didn't have the Bible. He didn't even have the Pentateuch, the first five books. He didn't even have the law. The only thing that he had would have been word of mouth that came probably came directly from Adam. Adam was the first man, and he experienced everything up to that point. He saw all of it. He saw the degradation of mankind. He saw the first murder and the, and the consequences of that first murder, and he saw how the mind of man continually went downhill. What was it that made Enoch live in such a way? I can't help but think. And now, just understand here that I do have to venture out into the imagination, but, but bear with me and think it with, think, at least think with me. You may not think it with me, but think with me. <clears throat> that Enoch made himself a fit person to walk with God. In other words, he had a choice to be made, and he made the choice to walk with God and learn and to know what he could learn and know about God from perhaps Adam, knowing that Adam knew who God was in his holiness, understood God in his holiness. And in that knowledge would understand that sin and God could not walk hand in hand. That speaks volumes to us if we allow it. And understand that we as people today, we have so much more than Enoch had. And yet he made himself, he presented himself to be the kind of person that could walk with God. He willingly went God's way. Let's be real simple here. He walked. That's as simple as you can get, isn't it? He walked. Doesn't tell us that he ran, raced. He walked. Now, as we look at how simple that is, let's just break it down for our own minds to grasp and understand that that walking is simply one foot in front of the other, step by step. 
step by step. That's all he did. That's all we have to do. Step by step. It doesn't tell us that he ever stumbled and fell, but we know, we know how we are, and we've stumbled and fallen from time to time. But make sure that when you stumble and fall, that you're falling forward and getting back up and stepping one foot in front of the other. He doesn't throw the clay away. Thank you, young people, for that good song. That he doesn't give up on us. That he can continue to mold us and to make us if we continue to set one foot in front of the other. He pleased God. Some wonderful thinking there that we can take home with us this evening. Knowing that as Enoch walked and God testified that he pleased God. You and I can walk as well and know that we can please God. I can't imagine living a hundred years. I can't. Over halfway there, some of you are well over halfway there. The closer you get to that point, you probably think it as well. I can't imagine living <clears throat> to be a hundred years old. You've heard me say I've had a great grandmother that lived to be a hundred and five and a grandmother that lived to be a hundred and two. You say, well, that's in your genes. You're going to make it. <laughs> There's a whole lot of others that died way before that, that uh, I'll probably take after. Enoch walked with God for 300, is that what it says, 365, um, yeah, 365 years. That's really short-lived because his son was the one that lived the longest ever. I'm going somewhere real quickly here, I'll get there. You think it's slow, but I'll get there. 365 years. What does that tell us? It tells us that he persevered. He persevered. He stayed with it. What is it that that Matthew records in chapter 10, verse 22? He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Perseverance. Perseverance in the walking as we present ourselves to be what he wants. Going God's way, presenting ourselves so that we can be pleasing to God. Last Sunday night we looked at Abraham. He was a friend of God. Here we find a man that pleased God. If Enoch could do it. In his generation, with his limited knowledge and understanding, with his limited uh, information, then surely we can as well. Walk step by step, presenting ourselves to him to be pleasing to him in each step. Let's stand together.
longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Praise God. Praise God. Sister Keys, would you dismiss us tonight?